he's like, all the best people are crazy. You can't be not crazy and be the best when there's crazy people out there who want to be the best. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. Uh, I put my all in it like my days off on a road. Let's travel, never looking back. Yeah, I'm gonna actually start by asking you a question. I was just talking to uh, uh, Ben about this. Would you send your kids to a school and let them get hit or like not hit, <laughs> but like? It's not the right word, but like if you're acting like an asshole, they can grab you by the collar and kind of push you against the wall. Are you okay with that? No. You're Uh, not okay with that? I'm not okay with that. And it's not because I don't want my kid to get hit. It's that I wouldn't trust the person who would be doing the hitting to know the, the right way and the wrong way and the right where the line is. Because I just think about it this way. If you're the type of teacher who signs up for that, like... If you're the type of teacher who goes to this specialty discipline school, this specialty abuse school uh, to teach, like, I just don't want that person to have a screw loose and I'm not there to see it. So I would rather yeah. err on the side of, no, you can't hit uh, my kid or like rough them up in any way um, unless I'm kind of like, I know this person, I trust this person, I'm there or whatever. Like, like for example, I think if it was a coach of some kind and the coach was really yeah. tough on my kid, I don't know about hitting, but like, you know, kind of punking my kid totally cool with that as long as the coach is legit but i've seen a whole bunch of people and actually grown up now and look back at some of the teachers and coaches i had who kind of did weird stuff and now that i'm an adult i'm like oh this was just a totally flawed person at the time i really like i thought they were the authority i thought that they must know things that we don't know and then now i see them on facebook and they're posting like crazy anti-vax stuff and they're like you know like preppers and stuff like that i'm like oh you know, you kind of always just had a screw loose. And at the time I thought I was, the, I was in the wrong for not, not, you know, not, uh, playing by your rules or whatever. I went, I, my, I went to all boys high school and I was, a, you know, I was a jerk at the time. And there was times where like the guy, the disciplinarian, like you're supposed to have your shirt tucked in. And I would, if I didn't have it untucked and I got yelled at a bunch of times, he would come up and like give you like a horrible wedgie. Like they would grab you by the <laughs> underwear and lift you up. And like, what have I told you son about this? And, or like if I like, you know, I was disrespectful a couple of times right. and they just would grab me by the shirt and push me against the locker. And they're like, if I hear from this again, you're over. You know what I mean? And I loved it. <laughs> was it a I military school? It's it just a boys school. No, it was just an all boys Catholic college prep school in St. Louis where I'm from. That was your high school. To, yeah. You went to all yeah. boys high school. And what about like before that? I went to in St. Louis. The way it works is most people in my area go to private school. And like, so I went to a Catholic K to eight and then uh, eight to 12, all boys college prep Catholic school at the time. It, it was like $900 a year. Uh, St. Ambrose, my grade school. So it was, it's like, that's just what everyone did. All right. What do we, uh, what do you want to talk about today? Can we talk about uh, your tweet that went viral? That was pretty cool. Your boy's done it again. Another hit. How many, how many people did it reach? <laughs> uh, 5 million, something like that. Wow. So yeah. the, what you wrote, there's, honestly, there's two- wasn't even that interesting. So I, I'm I very thought it surprised. was pretty cool. It, I would say it was pretty cool. I think the reason I only thought it was pretty cool was like, cause I already know you and I know how you think. The cooler, there was two cool parts about it. The, 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 the one, it was okay. It was good. It was like an 8.5 out of 10 insight. Number two, 
the thing that's a 10 out of 10 was the fact that you just thought of it like that, that you just, it was a pretty original thought, I think. And uh, like you broke it down. That was a 10 out of 10. And one of the other thing that was a 10 out of 10 was that you reached amazing people. So Bill Ackman, Bill Ackman, if you don't know, five or $10 billion person, uh, kind of a little bit like a God in the hedge fund world. He actually retweeted it and he said, incredible, incredibly interesting insight or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something and, like that. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was so cool. And I think that for the listener, the takeaway here is like, I know you and you're kind of a big deal now, but like three years ago, you weren't a big deal. And now you're basically like one, you're you're, like, if you DM'd Bill Ackman or loads of other people, or you call their email, you have access to them. And that's pretty amazing about the internet. Hey, let's take a quick ad break to tell you about HubSpot. Long hours, crazy quotas, bad leads. Selling at a startup is hard work. Thankfully, HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing the stress. They have an all-in-one platform that connects all your teams together. Plus, they have a bunch of resources to help you scale. And they're offering a discount up to 90% off. So if you're ready to crush your sales, look no further than HubSpot for Startups. To see how much you could save, visit HubSpot.com startups. It's true. It is amazing how these things go. I'll tell you some cool things that happened. Um, I don't know why I want to tell you this. I like, I, I guess I would never really say if, if, if I would just think of this like a podcast, I would never say this on the podcast because it sounds like, why are you bragging? But like, th- if I just think about this, like I'm just talking to Sam, I'd be like, dude, you won't believe what happened. And so I tweet this thing out. It um, and I, I guess for people who don't know what it is, I guess I tweeted a thing that was like um, the uh, it was about the metaverse, which is like the dorkiest term you know ever. So you know already I feel lame even talking about my. It's lame to talk about a tweet. It's lame to talk about the metaverse. I'm multiplying two lames together. Um, but basically, what happened is uh, Facebook rebranded or re- renamed the company to Meta, and so it was kind of top of mind for a lot of people. And I've been hearing a bunch of people talk about the metaverse, kind of in the investor circle. Like I remember when we had, um, who was it that we had on here? Mike Maples, I think it was. And he was like, he was talking about big trends that he had kind of bet on in the past. And we said, what trends are you betting on now? And he said, like, you know, the shift to remote work, this other thing. And then he goes, and the metaverse. And like, we didn't even really talk about it on the episode, but I remember stashing that away as like, huh, this pretty legit guy said he's betting on the metaverse. And like, I don't even I don't know what a metaverse company is. And so I just kind of stashed away as like something I should probably go look into at some point. And um, so I basically wrote a thread that was like, hey, I think the way that people think about this is uh, is wrong. So I thought about it originally. I thought about it the way I think most people do, which is the metaverse is a place. If you've ever read or watched the movie Ready Player One. It's kind of like, oh, there's a virtual world, like Second Life or like, you know, whatever. There's this virtual world we're all going to go live in, hang out in. It's a video game. It's like a video game life, basically. And that's what people, I think, traditionally call. It's just the Sims with the the headset. (laughs) Yeah, like you're plugged in. It's it's some some version of the Matrix or Ready Player One. or People have these different mental models from like books or movies that they've seen. And... um, and I said, I don't I actually I don't think it's a place. I don't think that the metaverse is just like one giant Minecraft world that we're all going to go live in and hang out in and play in and work in and all that stuff. I don't think it's like one company creates this this game and we all go live in it. Um, I said instead, I said, what if it's not a pl- what if we're wrong about that? What if it's not a place? What if it's um, a time? And I was like, well, what does that mean? Well, a time. I basically described this like parallel. So in, in the A.I. world. 
um, for artificial intelligence, there's this idea of the singularity. And it's this moment where like, kind of like technological progress just sort of escapes us. It just, it, it's, uh, it starts accelerating faster than, you know, uh, we can imagine. And in, in rough speaking terms, this is where the doomsday people think, you know, it's after this, that basically the robots, you know, the, the artificial intelligence takes over and humans are done. And then other people think it's utopia where artificial intelligence can just invent things. It can create cures for cancer and whatever else. And uh, humans will be saved and like we will all have to just we all just will have hobbies. We don't have to work because AI just takes care of everything. But um, there's this idea of the singularity. And it's this moment in time where AI basically surpasses this threshold. So I was basically arguing that my, my, my idea was I think the metaverse is actually a time. It's a moment in time where we care more about the things in our digital life than in our physical life. And care more doesn't mean like, oh, I don't care if my body gets hurt or dies right that's not really what i meant but like if you spend all your time working online and then you communicate with people who are also online and you don't even really know them in real life you're not talking to your neighbor you're talking to this person on twitter or this person in a discord or this person on reddit and then you're watch all of your entertainment is streamed to you online and all of your assets are digital assets like cryptocurrencies and things like that so you you know your money is digital like once everything goes digital as more and more things go digital at some point there's a tipping point where you basically your identity your assets your social life yeah. it's all online and i said that to me is the metaverse and it won't be one company it'll be a combination of companies that are all doing that and i kind of gave some examples like you know uh, a filter in Instagram is basically like a, a better superior replacement to cosmetic, you know, getting plastic surgery or um, wearing heavy makeup, right? Like the digital filter matters more is cheaper, more accessible to more people because ultimately you care how you're seen online almost more than you care how you're seen in person, right? Like I know plenty of people that would never, they would never post a photo of them with their hair messy and in their sweats and their oversized t-shirt, they would never post that on Instagram, but they'll go to the grocery store like that because who cares? I don't care what these people think, but I really care what those people think. So what I was describing was that this is already happening. There's this long running shift that's happening where you're caring more about your digital reputation, your digital identity, your digital assets than your real world stuff. And I said to some people, this is going to be like, sound like the worst thing ever. Some people are going to think this is the best thing ever. And my argument is it's not even, it's neither the best nor the worst. It's just the way that things are going and it, you'll make of it what, whatever you choose. So anyways, that's what tweeted the tweet, this. Tweet so you you tweeted this on like Friday or Thursday. And yeah, what tweet, happened? At first, nothing really happened. Uh, it kind of did how I thought it would do initially. So initially I was like, oh, it's kind of an interesting idea, but pretty like nerdy and in the weeds. And I don't think anyone's going to care. And it kind of didn't do much at the beginning. And then something happened and it just started picking up steam like it's it's getting more like yesterday it had even more mentions because uh this you know who fred wilson is uh the vc yeah the vc from union square ventures he's had this blog that like for a long time i think it's like fred yeah, it's VC great. or something like that he's been blogging for like 15 years i've read his ideas for so long and he made a post his post today was the metaverse he goes i read this really insightful thing and he just embedded my tweet he's like and it made me think blah blah blah, blah. and so then it gets a new spike of people or whatever and so, yeah, so, this, so, I, I didn't expect yeah, it. I want to know what happened. Likes. So, okay. So the first thing is after how many I people about, followed you because of it? Let's see. I started at 178, 178,000 followers. And I now have 193 and a half thousand. Wow. So 193.5. We don't do public math, but we can add this up. 15,000 new followers. The post itself has about 20,000 plus likes. 
But I'll tell you what was that's 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 okay. That's the that's the cool part. That's numbers. But here's what was fun. I get a call from. Uh, uh, we'll have to bleep this out. But I get a call right after I post it. About 15 minutes later, I get a call from. Uh, and you know, basically, uh, I'll bleep that out. But basically, a uh, a famous person who has stuff on Netflix, and they go, "Dude, I'm tripping out over here." I go, I go, what? And they've never called how me before. Your, how, so it's, it's not like number? we're friends. We, he had after I, so I did that clubhouse thread a while back and this person had DM me saying, Hey, that's like, that's so on point. Blah, blah, blah. And they said, Hey, if I ever come to San Francisco, you know, for, for, you know, uh, you know, some, some of my, my, my Hollywood work, then, um, then I'll, I'll I'd love to, you know, hang out or something. And I was just, I was like, oh, yeah, right. And, uh, but I gave him my number. And so, I get a phone call from the person and then they say, dude, I'm tripping out over here. Uh, you know, like it made me a little bit anxious. Uh, like this, this like what's going to happen? Like, I think you're right, but I don't know what it means if you're right. So anyways, we have this like little conversation. So that was kind of fun. And then it starts going into um, a bunch of NFL players started following. And I'm like, why would they care? And so a bunch of pro athletes followed. And um, and so then I'm, you know, sliding into their DMs or they're sliding into my DMs. I'm just basically it's like clear the calendar all day. I'm just going to be answering direct messages because really. Uh, so because uh, I don't know so, who's in here, but I know a lot of values in here. So uh, uh, professional athletes. Yeah. A bunch of people from the tech industry, which you would expect. And then anyone uh, intriguing uh, from the tech world. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think for, I mean, Fred Wilson, I felt pretty good about uh, like a bunch of the Andreessen guys who had blocked me from the clubhouse thread. <laughs> like some, of their par- some of their partners, well, the, the people who blocked me probably didn't 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 reply. So they didn't, they didn't unblock me for this. But some of the other partners messaged and said, hey, this is, you know, this is great. And I said, OK, I'm, I'm glad I'm not just permanently banned from uh, from from your office servers. That's or whatever. awesome. I think that's uh, great. So this is cool stuff happens. And then, uh, you know, the other thing is that a bunch of people. I, and I realized this later, which is I thought kind of like, you know, even if you you have one of these Twitter threads that goes viral, who cares? Like, ultimately, what does it lead to? It's fun. But, you know, who gives a shit? But I've seen now months later, there was a lot of people who are like, like, let's say I want to go invest in a company. They're like, dude, I remember that thread. That was epic. And they're just like, you're cool. Right. And you just get the stamp because in a world where it's so noisy, there's so many people. If you do one memorable thing that people respect and like, you um, get in. It's like that's the shortcut in their brain that says, "Okay, I like this person. Yeah, I trust this person. Yeah, they're cool. It's like just from that. That's not like I wouldn't have ever predicted that. So anyways, I call these like my little serendipity engines. It's like I put it out there in the world and I could never predict what's going to happen. But then all these like kind of second and third order consequences end up happening where you end up meeting somebody, going to dinner, doing a deal like it's just all this weird stuff that you can't predict. So fun day uh, when this happens, but also such a weird thing dude like i couldn't imagine even if you told me five years ago ten years ago like this would be a thing in my life that i would care about i'd be like what are you talking about why would i care about that yeah i think it is pretty unique and i think that all right everyone a quick break because i want to fill you in on a little experiment that i'm doing i've got a new project it's called money wise it's a personal finance podcast for high net worth people or young people who are on their way to becoming high net worth when I made a little bit of money, I didn't even know how much money I should be spending each month. Should it be 10000 30000 50000 And I didn't really have a lot of people to ask. So I created a podcast called Money Wise because I wanted to figure out what are some of the things that people who have a lot of cash and who have a high net worth, what do they do with it? The first episode is with a friend of mine. He sold his company for $200 million when he was 31 years old. He gets super transparent 
about his monthly expenses, his portfolio, how it impacts his happiness, everything. And so I want you guys to check it out. It's called Money Wise. That's one word. You can find it on my Twitter bio. I'm the Sam Parr. Or you can just type in Money Wise on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. All right, back to the pod. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about the HubSpot Podcast Network. If you like podcasts like this, you should check out some other cool podcasts. One is called Business Made Simple. It's hosted by Donald Miller, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. And what he does is he makes it easy to take the mystery out of growing your business. There's an episode that you should check out called What You Should Put in a Job Description to Get the Perfect Hire. And in this episode, Donald Miller looks at the whole hiring process and how important it is to emphasize both the the positive attributes and the drawbacks to future candidates. And you'll learn why being self-aware as a leader will help you avoid hiring disasters. So check it out. Go listen to Business Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. I met this guy named Blake. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Blake B., but I went to Oklahoma City when I was driving through and I had like a MFM meetup or like a Sampar meetup. I don't know what right. it was. And I hosted like 20 people for breakfast and this guy came and they're like, what, what would you tell us if you if we want to? I forget what the, what the even question was. And I go, man, get on Twitter. It's where it's happening. And he's on it now. And he <laughs> signed up whenever I did this thing a year ago. Now he's got like 50, 80,000 followers, 50, 70. Wow. I forget. What's his name? Blake Burge. You probably see him in like the little circle. Jerk. I have seen uh, him, yeah. And uh, he was at the meetup. He didn't even have Twitter. I go, dude, sign up right now and start posting this shit. You can you meet people. It's pretty amazing. Um, dude, you, you know what's crazy also? Somebody, I'm pretty sure somebody sent it to Zuck because uh, somebody who's very close to him, like, respect, like, like, was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that person was going to share it with, with him, which is kind of crazy, right? Like, I literally, I watched the, the keynote of him talking, uh, you know, he gave a basically a 30 minute presentation. I actually want to talk about this. So he gave a 30 minute presentation saying we rebranded to meta. Here's why. Here's what it's going to be like. Uh, not just like here's not just like here's new products we're going to build, but here's what the world is going to look like. Here's what life is going to look like. He gave this cool presentation. I don't know. Did you see this presentation? A little bit. It bored the fuck out of me. Oh, really? I thought it was amazing. You got bored from that? A little bit. It's I literally think, like somebody just, opened the door and is like, hey, you want to see what life's going to look like in 20 years? Yeah, I just find and him to be incredibly unlikable. Well, yeah, he's kind of robotic, but like... Uh, so I, I find still it a little bit hard to watch. I, I definitely... Yeah, there's definitely some cringe factor for, for sure. But um, but the the funny thing is I saw that and then I was supposed to have this call with Ben and Ben's like, oh, I got to like... I, you know, I got to take care of the baby real quick. Uh, like just, you know, I'll be online in like 25 minutes. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, all right, I got 25 minutes to kill. And I just watched this thing and I just tweeted it out. And I like, to me, it was like a throwaway thing. It wasn't like a planned, drafted, edited thing. And so anyways, it's crazy how that works. But I want to talk about this, um, this meta thing. So not even what, um, what he predicted or what kind of Zuck laid out, but what do you think about Facebook changing the name of the company in general? And like, uh, I have kind of a theory on why, but, but I'd love to hear what you think. I think that if I was Facebook and I wanted to recruit the best people on earth, I would do like what I've learned running a business. And this is something that every business says is they say, like an entrepreneur of a 20 person company, you even tweeted it about Ben Levy. Um, like I just called Ben like blank, but what should I call him? So this is something that everyone says is true, but it's not, which is that titles, titles matter. People will be like, oh, titles don't matter. Um, just call yourself anything. No, they're actually really important and they matter a ton. Even right. if you're a 10 person company, if I was Zuck and I wanted to create 
a company where people wanted to work, which I think they're struggling to right now, I would change the name of the company and I would have a CEO of Facebook. I would have a CEO of this, a CEO of that, which means there's like a VP, there's like a president. And that's, and then I would give all these people their own kingdoms (laughs) and that's how I would continue to grow. So that's what I would do is I would, if I, that's exactly what Facebook did or uh, Google. So there's a CEO of Google, there's a CEO of YouTube, a CEO of this, of that, of that, of that. And then which each CEO, there's like a hierarchy for people to climb and you got to give these people these ladders. That's why I think it's a great idea. That's, that's on point. So, so basically I've heard, I will call it maybe three or four different theories. So one theory is what you made this up. Is, Is this real? So that's what well, I, nail it? I, I just, in, in kind of nerd circles, you know, I've just heard a couple people talk about this and I was kind of like, I, I, here's what I think it is. But let's start with the, let's lay out the theory. So theory one is it's a recruiting. Why would you do this? Right. They said it's a recruiting thing. Um, and it's basically a mix of what you said, which is when you create a parent company, now you have like more you created basically another level at the exact level you created. one. You, it's like your neck was compressed. And now it's stretched out and it's like, ah, you just created this breathing room. So that person who's otherwise VP can now become CEO. And it's like, that might be the difference between them. Like I know, uh, for example, the person who, who, you know, was head of or VP of, I don't look up her title. Ben, look up a Fiji, Fiji Sumo's title. So she was, she was in charge of big blue, which is the Facebook app. And, um, and then, and there was Chris Cox before her. And they and they ran kind of like multiple products. They were kind of like in charge of like the, the suite of products, um, but their titles weren't CEO. It was something else. And she left and now she's the CEO of Instacart. So she like left the big ship, you know, the, the, the trillion dollar company to go be the CEO of a maybe 10 or 20 billion dollar company. I don't know what Instacart's valued at, but something like that. And um, and so now you lose that key talent. And maybe it's because she looked up and said, this exact guy's never going to leave. This guy was super young. He loves this shit. You know, where where do I go? How do I go up? I can't go up anymore. Um, and even the stock price, we're already at a trillion dollars. What am I betting on? We go to 10 trillion. Like I need some upside and I need some some resume growth yeah. here. So that's one theory. I like that theory. I think that's true, but I wouldn't say it's the number one reason. OK, so let's go to the, the other theories. Then there's the the skeptical theory, which is, dude, Facebook's brand is trash. It's the Philip Morris of uh you know, Facebook equals cigarettes and they're just trying to run away yeah. from all the bad news and all the bad branding. And so they're going to change the name. Theory. So a lot of people think that, and there's a, there's a, there's a subset on that, which is if, if Mark hires a CEO of Facebook, the app, then the person who get called into Senate is that person to go sit in front of Senate and talk all this stuff. And they can get sort of like hammered out there, but Zuck as, you know, chairman or whatever of, of meta, it's like, you know, when the Google guys did this, they Sundar now or whatever has to go um, go in front of Congress and Larry Page can just go and, and he's, you know, could be CEO of Alphabet and not have to worry about that stuff. So By I the way, did you know that? Did, did you know that one of the Google founders? I don't know. I don't I think it's Larry. Do you know he can't speak? He's got like a voice problem. Sir, Sergey. He's got oh, a no, voice it is problem. Larry. Like it he, is Larry. Yeah. I think it's Larry. So over over the years, if if you go and like, go to his name, type in like his name on YouTube, yeah. and you'll see a video of him ten years ago, and you could hear it progressing. And then like a maybe five years ago, you're like, oh, this is really bad. I'm pretty sure at this point he can't talk at all. 
But if go, no. go, this is so interesting. Google his name and watch a video of him. And you, it, any video that's online, it's probably recent enough that you could start hearing his voice. He, you know, I'm not making fun of him, but he sounds like Kermit the Frog. Like it's a really weird voice right. for how he looks. It's definitely been that way for a few years. I think he can still speak, but it's basically it's uh, his vocal cords are like partially paralyzed, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, it's crazy, um, man. It's, so if I was him, I wouldn't want to go speak either. I mean, it seems really embarrassing. I mean, he shouldn't be embarrassed, but I understand you know, shit so, so by the way, the, I'm just reading it right now. It says 14 years ago, he had a cold and then he got like a horse, a horse voice from the cold and he just never recovered. He went to a doctor and they said his left vocal cord was pa- paralyzed and it's a nerve problem um, that's causing your left vocal cord not to move properly anymore. And yeah, then, like when uh, I first heard him talk, I was like, is the video his, broken? Right. Because he's super soft spoken. Right. So you're like, wow, is this guy? It like sounds like he's speaking. It sounds like, like the video is in sl- yeah, it almost sounded like the video was in slow motion or something. It was really, uh, you know, it's sad. It sucks. Yeah, it's crazy. And so I think it has happened on his right vocal cord too now. Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That's wild. Yeah, um, it's it's shit. Anyway, so, but yeah, so, so if I was him, I wouldn't want to speak in front of the Senate either. And Ben looked it up. Fiji's title was head of the Facebook app. So, so then that's, that's one theory, which is it's such bad news this is a rebrand. I think one of the cigarette companies rebranded to like Altria or Altia or something like yeah. that. So it's like, it's Still like reminiscent works. of that. So, okay. So that's like another theory. And then there's the third theory, which is actually the theory that I subscribe to, uh, which is, this is actually just a mission shift. Um, and so I remember when I worked at Twitch and this is the second year I was, it was right before I left. So I was kind of like, you know, Basically, I was on paternity leave. I wasn't even really working at Twitch at that time. I was on paternity leave and I was thinking, okay, I think it's time for my next thing. Um, But I got a phone call from Emmett, who's the CEO. And Emmett's great. And, uh, you know, I got a ton of respect for him. And he basically said, hey, I want to. He he messaged me something and said, like, hey, do you have time to talk today? Like, I want to bounce something off you. And he, he called me and he basically said, you know, this funny thing has happened, which is that like I think eight to 10 years ago, very early days of Twitch, we had, we set out like this big North star mission, which was a million creators getting paid to create on, on the platform. Um, and so it was like 1 million. He's like, and at that time we might've had like, you know, we were in the thousands or tens of thousands or something like that. Like a million just seemed a million people getting paid, like earning money doing this. It just seemed like wild. And so, um, He's like, you know, so so the million was like super far away. He's like, and then, you know, last year, like we hit the million and he's like, it's this really weird feeling like you you hit this 10 year goal and there's like this amazing part of it, which is holy shit, we did it. And then there's this numb part of it, which is like, wait, so like now what? <laughs> what do you do when you hit the thing that you thought was like, you know, if it's like when Elon takes a man to Mars okay what's the what's the next step right it's like if you get to the moon where you, you got to start thinking what do i do now and so he said you know one of the most dangerous he told me on the phone he goes one of the most dangerous things for a company is achieving your mission because you have to reinvent your mission you have to reinvent yourself and think bigger he's like and so he, he was like i want to brainstorm with you some ideas on what that could be what could be the mission for the company next 10 years and so we had a good good brainstorm or whatever and um and so i think that's what this is i think facebook is now used by like everybody with a cell phone, uh, you know, Facebook or one of the Facebook apps. They, they, the mission was connect, you know, like uh, connect the world or whatever. They literally did it. They connected the world. Everybody is using like not only one, but multiple Dude, of their they, products. So many people use Facebook that when Sarah worked there, I think they were sending satellites to India because they just literally needed more people on the web in order. To yeah, get they ran users. out of ran out of people with with Internet. 
And so it's like, dude, dude, you, you know, it's that moment where your, your Tam, your total addressable market becomes your actual market share. Uh, it's it's yeah. insane. And so um, to the point where I remember once we were having lunch with uh, Alex, the founder of Calm, and he just started cracking up. And I was like, what? He goes, I just realized he's like, dude, think about how many Facebook accounts shut down. They churn just due to death. He's like every day, there's probably like a million people who just die and stop using the service. And he was just like cackling. He's like, that's insane to me. He's like that. If you're at that scale, that's how many people yeah, that's pretty wild. literally just die and stop using your service. That's like more people than ever have used our product will die today on Facebook. Um, so anyways, I think that this is a mission shift. Basically, I think they achieved the mission one. And it's like, what's the point of the company now? Is it just to make money? And um and I think a lot of people think Zuckerberg's pretty evil. I, I actually don't think he's evil. Uh, I do think he likes power um, as evidenced by like you go read those early like text messages that got leaked of him talking to his buddy at college. And he's like, dude, he's like, you know, these dumb fucks are just giving me all their information or whatever. Like, it sounds really evil, but I think he just liked being kind of like the puppet master a little bit. Um but fundamentally, I don't think he's money hungry. I don't think he's driven by money. Um, and no, early I on, know. I remember when Facebook IPO, he put something in their prospectus that I really liked. And I think other people kind of roll their eyes if you just hate everything Facebook does. But I thought it was pretty cool. He goes, we don't build great services to make money. We make money to build great services. Um, and he's like, there's a big important, there's an important difference between the two. Yes, we care about money, but we care about money so that we have the profits to invest in building great services to hire the best people who can build the greatest services and the greatest products in the world. And I think that's what they're doing now. He said they're investing $10 billion this year in their virtual reality, augmented reality stuff for, for like, you know, kind of the metaverse, which is an absurd amount of money to be investing into yeah. this. You know, that's like, that's what some people think, like, you know, the, the stuff is going to be worth someday. If you, if you started a company in VR, you'd be hoping it'd be worth $10 billion someday. He's investing that as one year's R and D, which is insane. I want to talk to you about a bunch of different things, but, but I want, and I want to ask you about your real estate guy, your real estate buddy, but someone said they like when we rambled about normal stuff and I want to get, we can make this really quick, but did you watch UFC on Saturday? I did. Oh no, I watched okay. part of it. Yeah. I watched Hamza. Okay. So <laughs> I want, importantly. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're into UFC or not. I want you all to do this. So a few weeks ago, a few months ago, we talked about this woman named Rose Namagunas. Namagunas. Her name is Thug Rose. She's this little white haired lady with like a shaved head. Really cool. And she was muttering to herself like, I'm the best. I'm the best before the before the fight. And it was inspirational. It was. And then she knocked out this woman and it was like inspirational because she's very endearing. She's very cute. Like there's everything to like about this woman. There's this guy who's kind of the same thing, but the opposite. So there's this guy that is about to be the best, but he's not the best first, not the best yet. His name is Kamzat. Okay. And he's this, um, there's, for some reason, there's a huge Chechen uh, group of UFC fighters. Chechnya, if you don't know, I, I don't want to sound like a fool. I'm not incredibly well researched. It's like a subsidiary of Russia. It's a region of Russia. They're mostly, I think, so they're, they're, they're white and they look white, but they're, um, devout Muslims and they're Russian. I don't know how, like if they consider them Russia or not, but we Americans would say, Oh, you're just a Russian Muslim. That's what they look like. And they're known to wrestle. A lot of them are from this area called Dagestan, where if you imagine in your head, what Afghanistan looks like, that's kind of what this area looks like. And it's in Russia. And they basically have gone through just a ton of war lately or in the last like 20 years, 30 years. So there's this guy named Kamzat 
and he had a cleft lip or something like that. So his lip is all crooked and he is so scary looking and he comes in and he, he knows how to speak English now, but his attitude and what he says, he says the same thing. Who do you want to fight next? And he goes, Oh brother, I'll smash everyone. I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to take their soul. And he's been saying that this whole time and he's been in four fights in the UFC and he's been punched in the face one time this weekend, which is absurd, which is absurd, which is absurd. This weekend he fought the best Chinese guy. Uh, I forget his last name was Lee. He's just, he's a little bit older, but he's considered the best out of China. And he picked him up and he walked over to the side of the cage where Dana was. And he yells to Dana, get off your phone, watch this. And he gets on top of the guy and chokes him uh, unconscious. And, so and then in the interview afterwards, in the ring and outside the ring, he goes, brother, I'm just here to smash everyone and kill yeah. people. Who do you and want they go, to fight Everyone, brother. I kill everyone. I'm here to kill everyone, yeah. brother. I love this. I'll kill everyone. That's all he was saying. <laughs> and they go, what are you going to, are you going to fight the number one person? He goes, well, they're going to have to give me the number one person because I'm going to kill everyone. No one will be alive. And then he, um, he even and, said something. He goes, he goes, uh. They go, you know, where did you get this mentality or something? He goes, I'm crazy, man. He goes, I goes, I just, he goes, he goes, you don't, he's like, all the best people are crazy. You can't be not crazy and be the best when there's crazy people out there who want to be the best. And I just thought that's so true. It's absolutely true. He goes, I'm a gangster. He goes, I'm a gangster. I'm crazy. And I think there's two, there's a few things to learn here. The first is. I think a lot of that is born. I think a lot of that is just an act that you've turned on because in, in his case, I imagine he's seen a lot of tragedy and like fucking war and he like yeah. created this tough guy persona in order just to survive. You know, he, he, he the second thing is I think you could tell yourself that consistently and you kind of can become it. And the third thing is this, these guys, these Zagastani guys. And also for some reason this weekend, all Russians won. Peter Jan yeah. won. He's Russian. All these Russians, they're crushing it. They've got something in them. I don't know what this Russian attitude is that I've noticed about these guys, but it's this, it's this very quiet, uh, although comes out, even though he talks a lot of shit, he's still really quiet. It's this quiet, subtle confidence. And I love it. If I watch them, their videos over and over again, Fedor had it. They've got this quiet confidence and I'm in love with that. I'm in love with it. Yeah. They have a tenacity. That's pretty crazy. The, um, I was watching, uh, I was going through, I was just browsing on TikTok, and this clip came up related that um, like in the NBA, m- most of the NBA is not like that. Uh, like there's a, there's not many Russians in the NBA, but B um, kind of you know, silly. UFC is one of the only sports where people go and say, I want to kill everybody in, in any other sport. They don't really say that on in the press conference, right? They might say it trash talk on the field when there's no microphone to pick it up. But in the UFC, they just literally say it to the reporter and the reporter writes it down and publishes the post or whatever. You know, like, And it's one of the only sports. It's one of the only sports you can't play. Right. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. can't like play it. You know, it's like if it's like something something so bad's two, going two, to happen. Two cool little nuggets here. So early on, the, the founding story of the UFC is pretty pretty wild, but it was started by some somebody else. And then Dana White, who's currently the president of the UFC, pretty famous guy. He's like a part of the show, basically. Um, he goes to every single event, he sits cage side. He's he's every like and they do like an event in a different place every weekend. And so this guy's he's now a billionaire. Um and he uh, so and he's a, he's a very outspoken guy like um, imagine the commissioner of your favorite sport. You know, they're usually a pretty buttoned up guy, usually ex lawyer. You know, they they just say, you know, we as the NFL are committed to upholding integrity and blah, blah, blah. And Dana White will post like, oh, this fight's going to be awesome. And some somebody in an Instagram comment will be like, oh, this fight sucks or that's too expensive for the pay-per-view. And then he'll literally a fucking clown. 
Yeah, he'll be like, he'll literally be like, you fucking clown, like, shut up, you fucking clown. And then that's like, he says that. It's like, what, what CEO yeah. of what company is able to just say that to their potential customers? It's insane. It's a, the whole sport's savage. But he said something early on because the bet that he made, the investment that they made, they bought the UFC for about $2 million. And it, it wasn't his money. He convinced his two kind of childhood friends, the Fertitas, who own casinos. That's their background. That's how they made their wealth convince them let's buy the UFC and then they ended up pouring in like 50 or 60 million dollars at a loss to keep it alive to promote the thing and he kept believing kept believing kept believing they kept pouring millions and millions of dollars in and it looked like it was not going to work and then it has now since turned around as a public company and it's you know it's, it's all working now they sold it for for you know over four billion dollars so yeah, I think it and I was and I was looking at it, it it's a great company it makes like three or four hundred million a year in profit and they asked him, Dana, what gave you the faith that this business would work when all the evidence just said the guy who tr- the guy who did this before me failed? Um, nobody else has done this in America. And um, and you guys are bleeding like 40, 50, 60 million dollars. Why did you continue? He goes, because I get people. And he goes, I understand humans. He goes, let's say we're out on a playground and there's a football game going on over there. There's a soccer game over here. There's a basketball court over there. People shooting hoops. And I said, oh, my God, that Russian guy's fighting that Chinese guy. Guess where everybody's attention goes? He goes, everybody looks and then everybody runs over to watch the fight. He goes, that's how humans are wired. You can't help but turning and looking when a fight breaks out. And that was the whole like thesis. That was the, the underlying psychological nugget. I loved that. Uh, you know, that 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 is how yeah, simple he, he was thinking. And he goes, he goes, and he goes, and by the way, this is a sport that tra- transcends every country. Yeah, football's huge in America. Go to the UK. Nobody cares. We have fighters who are like the pride of the UK. It's a huge, we're huge in, in, in the UK. We're huge in Australia. We're huge in Africa. We're huge in China. Like this can get bigger than any one of those sports because we can tap into the global population because fighting one person punching another is a universally known sport. You don't need to even know the rules. It's not like basketball or football or baseball. Like it's like if I try to watch cricket, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the rules, but with two people are fighting, I understand the premise. <laughs> I get what's going on. And, uh, and it's like, you know, this, this historic barbaric thing. So anyways, I love that business side of, uh, of the UFC as well. So if you're a UFC person that you know, I'm talking about, if you're not, that was pretty cool. And this weekend, there's a couple things. There's, I'll say it real quick. That the main thing is this guy, Kamara Usman, African immigrant, comes to America during college, kicks ass, the American dream. He's fighting against a, a, a devout MAGA Trump supporter. So that story is very fun. The second fight is Rose Namajunas, who I like. She's fighting uh, the best one from China. She's a, They're both amazing. And then the third one is like these both Midwestern hardworking guys who are just going to stand there and bash you. They're just like bangers. <laughs> they just stand there and bash each other's brains. in. so that's the cool fight this weekend. Um, all right. What do you got? Uh, let's do something else. Let's, let's switch topics here. I have, you have a couple things on here. Let's do a quick idea actually. So, um, so Ben had this idea that I liked. He goes, he goes, you know, my brother's a real estate agent and he goes, real estate agents are really competitive with each other. You know, in in any given city, they're they're fighting for kind of like the pie is this big. You know, it's either my client or yours. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of ways for real estate agents to collaborate with each other. Some like to do deals together. Like uh, if I'm the buy side and you're the sell side, great. We can. I'm confident we can get our clients to hammer out a deal. But for the most part, it's a very kind of doggy dog world. All agents are like the sports agents, whatever. But he goes with real estate agencies. Like there's something interesting that that you know might be a niche little business. And he goes, uh, and so I called it real estate buddy, which is basically 
when you're, so let's say you're a real estate agent in Florida or right now, California, you're a real estate agent in California and a bunch of people are moving to Texas. That agent in California is not going to help you find the home in Texas, but maybe I helped you buy your, your California home and you don't know any agents in Texas. So what if I had basically a buddy in every state that if my client is moving there, I can pass That's you to them and, and basically I get a share of the commission and they get a free referral, free a trusted client, basically that somebody else has put the time and energy in to build up trust. And so you could create this network of leads basically and, uh, and partnerships across borders where there actually is a big incentive to collaborate because otherwise both sides benefit from this, whereas normally it's extremely competitive world. So I thought that's a little interesting of a, of a niche business, maybe something like that exists. I'm not super deep in that world. But have you ever, um, cool. have you used bigger pockets? Like to learn, you mean? You know, yeah. Do you know what bigger pockets, pockets is? The, it's like a real estate kind of like media it, company. You know, it's like a pockets. forum plus podcast. Yeah, it's a place to go learn about is, buying real estate. I think that could be potentially a huge business. I don't think it is huge, but I bet it could be. So if you look at the reason I see them all the time is when we look at our podcast rankings, we're like on a good week, we'll be like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And the bid business categories on a bad week will be 40, 50. And bigger pockets is like always number three. And then they have another one that's like number six. And they got another one that's like number 11. Like they're always in the top 10 most listened podcasts. Bigger pockets has three or four of them. And then they got this forum that costs, well, it's free, but you could sign up and get extra stuff. I'm a $300 a year paying member. And I think what these guys are doing is they're like built this business uh, and media arm or whatever. And then they just use all of their cash flow to go and buy more real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an amazing company. I love bigger pockets. I think if you want to build a community, um, this is the company like, and make money from it. This style, and you want to do it like with this style where you get a lot of people, these guys are 100. This is the model. This is the, the perfect model on how to do it. Yeah, that's actually a great point because Bigger Pockets has existed for a while and it's always been important. The main guy, I think Joshua, Josh Dorkin or something like his name, he sold it at some point. So I think it's, I don't know who owns it now. Um, let me see if I can find out. Um, so basically, he sold the thing, not for a ton, if I remember correctly. Um, McCarthy, Capital not a good thing Partners. to sell. He yeah, sold it and- to PE. And this is such a valuable property. So it was just like a forum. Yeah. And um, I don't know the full story. I mean, he could, he, he, could he could raise. This is like Angelus. He could raise like a massive fund. Yeah, exactly. And so I think he had like a med. There was, there was some story like he had like a medical emergency for his kid or something, so he had to take time off, uh-huh. and then he he ended up selling it. I don't know how how it all went down, but I think you could compete with this. I think you could build a better, bigger pockets. Um, it would be hard. I'm not I saying it's hard. easy, but I, I think that they would be extremely valuable. And if you're gonna if you're gonna build a community or a media company in any niche, this is one that I would I would bet on because um, you know if you're not gonna go for something new and sexy like crypto or whatever. You know, this is where a lot of money is to be made. And there's always a new batch of people that want to learn about making money in real estate, how to buy real estate. Um, So there's always a new group of people who are looking to like, you know, learn, connect, blah, blah, blah. And um, and maybe Bigger Pockets is pretty like established with its crew. But, you know, who's number two? If I just said who's number two behind Bigger Pockets? Certainly there is somebody. But I don't think it's as household of a name right now. And I wonder if you could take some other angle and do it. By the way, can you talk? Dude, let me let, 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 let me tell you about something that I let me talk about something real quick. Something that you've never are you, maybe you're about to say what I'm going to say. A house, something that's not a household name and is huge in our little world. There's this what? group. It's a guy or a group of guys called Gangels. 
This is exactly what I was going to ask you about. <laughs> okay. I've got to tell you, I'm getting dinner with these guys tonight. Okay. So Gangels, like no offense, Gangels. I, I think you guys are wonderful. I've met you. It's a really weird name at first. So I guess it's not spelled this way. I guess it just means gay angel. Um, okay. So it's this, I think it's one person who started it. Lorenzo, I think his name is. He's gay, I guess, based off of uh, doing some research on him. And I think he was a successful entrepreneur. I'm meeting him tonight, so I don't know his whole background, but he started this group called Gangels. And I believe it was an email list of gay. Well, give, give the headline first. Why is this interesting? And then, then give the background. Yeah, you're right. So it's this group of people. Or it's this guy who's got this. It's not a fun, but it's like a gr- investment group. And this year alone, the rumor is that they're going to invest around four to five hundred million dollars. And previously, they've invested collectively over the past few years, like $300 million. So like next year, two years, their total investment is going to be like a billion dollars, which is basically like a $3 billion fund, kind of yeah. like that you invest. If you have a $3 billion fund, I'd imagine you invest that over five years. So like, that's like the numbers we're talking here. Yeah, and basically, which is, the way which would it be works, like a very large, this is startup investing. So this is like a very large technology fund that I've never large, heard one of the bigger. And it seems like a niche fringe thing. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like an LGBTQ fund. No. Uh, what do you have? Like a $2 million fund and you're, you're investing in, you know, some, some cool companies. It's like, no, how are they deploying? How are they getting $400 million to, in a year to deploy? And then how are so they deploying this? I don't think they get this. I don't think they get any money. If you Google, it's, it's spelled gangels, like gain, like G-A-I-N, and then Joel's, gangels. And if you look at their portfolio, and if you just Google Gangels and click news, you'll see all these TechCrunch articles that it says, you know, and this company raises money from Andreessen, this, 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 and Gangels, this, 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 <laughs> and Gangels. We'll say for every article. And if you go to their port, do you see their portfolio page? Yeah, it's legit. Yeah. Dude, they're in everything. Gangels is in everything. They're in everything. And what they do is they find companies and they write a page about it and then they um, send it out to an email list and people invest. And they get a 20% carry in it. And they um, take also a fee of like eight or $10,000 per deal that they take out of that money. And they use that to as their like finder's fee so they could pay their lawyers and things like that. And that's the whole business model. And they've got like this web of like five or six or seven people who will also send the deals that Gangels gets access to, to their audience. And those people who send it to their audience also get a stake in the, of the carry. Um, and that's, so it's a very simple business model. Are most of the investors gay or that's just the most of the people who started it are gay? What's the stick? Can I do it if I'm yeah, not gay? So here's the, yeah. So here's the thing. Why it's kind of crazy is it must have started like they like mostly invested into gay and lesbian and transsexual or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, LGBT, uh, you know, whatever the, the, um, uh, <laughs> what yourself. is it? Is it well, <laughs> sorry, I'm not me. L B B L I'm just struggling. L G B T Q. Yes. Is that it? That's the new, uh, I thought there was another one. Intro music. I think maybe you just stumbling over LGBTQ is, is perfect. No, I can just, whatever LGDB, I just can't say it properly that. So it started with that. That was their thing. But then like they invested, like they've invested. Yeah. They invested in hone, which is the company you and I invested for testosterone. Yeah. And that's like a pretty masculine male. I guess you could say like, well, maybe if you're transitioning, you would want to take testosterone, but, um, they invest in like Lyft. So yeah. like, I don't know where, like how the, the LGD, whatever. I'm just like, <laughs> just skip it. LG, LGBT, 
Q thing lines up with the with the whole with the, with like other other companies, but that was definitely their angle. And it's not anymore, but it's a great angle because, you know, there's not a lot of gay and lesbian investors. And then they're like, hey, look, that's our whole shtick. Like, let us in. I understand. It totally works. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember when you stopped using gay as a uh, as a term for like, uh, you know, just meaning like whatever, like something is lame or something is stupid? Oh, yeah. In high school. And do you remember what got you to stop or what, when you realize like, oh, wait, that's not cool. Just like when I had like gay friends, I was like, oh, that's not very nice, is it? And right. uh, and then like I talked to my nephews and they're like in their Sarah's in their Sarah's nephews and they're like 14, 15 and 13. And I was just curious and I was like, hey, do you guys ever insult someone or does anyone ever insult someone for being gay? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, like, do you ever say like picked on? Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, you know, you say like, hey, man, that's really gay. You're gay. And they go, but like, why is it bad to be gay? And I was like, it's not. You just answered. You just answered my question. Thank you. And, right. and they just it's just not part. You know what I mean? When that's you're kids, great. when we were younger, that's and it, it was crazy. Yeah, it, it's I don't think young people like insult people for being gay. I think it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think that means like in 20 years, because probably when I was 10, that's like what everybody in my school was. That's all, you know, that was like a common thing to say. And so I think that means in 20 years, it went from just common and people did it without even thinking to like, the, it would now be kind of disgusting. It would be, it's like, it's not even like, a, it's not even an argument. It's like, wait, why would we do that? It's like, I wouldn't Dude, I refer to, you know, like, why would I, why would I try to use that as an insult? That doesn't make any sense. I like in my head, there's like the N word and then there's like the F word. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would never, you know what I mean? If I heard someone say that, I would be like flabbergasted i'd be like what yeah it'd be like when i was a kid it was like the word like you know if right. you said the word if it was like this that was like the c word now like i wouldn't say uh yeah, you meet some british people I, I even, australian people they say it <laughs> yes <laughs> but like it's yeah it is kind of crazy how that how it's changed i mean obviously that's good but yeah so, i remember as a kid i'm what we so used I gotta to give like a shout out all the time and then the person who first told me like hey by the way you know that's not cool right um i was uh, it was this guy who who actually just just I think yesterday or two days ago or something the news came out that he's engaged he's gay and he's engaged to uh, to this guy that he's been dating for eleven years so the actor Cal, Cal Penn he um, uh, when I was a kid I was in a movie and he was my older brother in the movie and so we like would hang out on the set all the time and I remember saying it when whatever I was just calling so I was just trying to say something was stupid or lame or whatever weird I don't know what I was trying to say I was just a little kid. It's probably like in sixth grade or something. And he was just like, um, he was the first person that had ever even brought my attention to. He, go, he goes, you know, that's not uh, like you shouldn't say that when you just mean something's like weird or not cool. Uh, like you shouldn't say gay and you should say something else. And at the, he wasn't out that time. I don't know if he even knew at the time, but he brought that to my attention. And I felt so, I remember feeling so dumb because I looked up to this guy. I thought he was so cool. And I was so nervous was he nice being about on this it? set with, yeah, he was totally nice. He kind of like, like, we're just like, hanging like out. Big brother to you. Yeah. He big brother to me. He was just like, yo, like, by the way, like, you, you know, you shouldn't do that. Like, think about it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Like I never even thought about this. Like, and then in that time, and even in my, my world where I lived Houston, Texas, it's not like even like I went back. It's not like I was the last one to know. Nobody even really thought about it, but he was like in Hollywood. Yeah. And I think it was like, you know, people on the West coast were people on the coast tend to be like a little more like kind of forward and liberal and progressive with that type of stuff. So, um, so I remember hearing that and being like, oh man, I just made a fool of myself and like, yeah, that's silly. I don't know why I do that. And I just stopped after that. <laughs> and so it, it, you know, came full circle, um, yesterday, but anyways, we can do another, another topic. What else you got? 
All right, let's do one more. Um, all right, I'm going to tell you about... Um, actually, do you have one you want to do? You want me to go? Let's do this one that's about uh, companies. So I had this idea. I, I I don't even know what it is, but I was reading that tech, uh, Tesla was doing something called GigaFest. Do you know what GigaFest is? Yes. So basically, if I remember correctly, they it, a lot of people like liberal media got angry because they're like, Tesla's throwing a, a festival and during a pandemic, but basically they rented out a town in Germany and they're doing like a conference or a festival. And like, what's happening at it? Is it like drinking and music or is it like car technical stuff? Do you know? I have no idea. So, okay. Honestly, it, it doesn't even matter what it was. I just saw the name and I thought, oh man, Tesla's doing another smart thing. Like they basically took Oktoberfest and they just rebranded it for their thing. And it's going to, I assumed it's going to be some combination of like fun as well. Like, you know, between music and food and drinks and all that, as well as like, you know, things that are relevant to, you know, building cool cars and then recruiting talent and just building the brand and having people have a great experience with the brand. And I started thinking, why don't more companies do this? And at first I thought, well, certainly they're not the only ones. And I started thinking about other examples of this. So there's like the Macy's Day Parade, which I, I don't even know like what, how that got invented. I don't, I don't know the backstory, but since I've, I was a kid, I remember that there's always the Macy's Day Parade on TV. And it's like, why did Macy's get in on that? Or we've talked about Michelin star restaurants, right? Michelin tires, uh, you know, the, the tire company basically inventing a, a food restaurant ranking system so that you would have a reason to go drive, you know, far out places to go try these amazing restaurants. They created demand for, for, for driving long distances through the Michelin star. And they just got their name in, in all that. And, um, and you know, there's the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And then there's like in San Francisco every year, if you live in San Francisco, you know, Dreamforce. It's this like full, like kind of, sh it shuts down half the city and there's sort of like a parade and there's like big bands like you two come and perform, but it's like for the most boring thing, it's like a sales CRM. Dude, do you want to know why pe most people, more people don't do this? Yeah. I why? think a lot of people actually try and it just doesn't work. All right. So, um, the fortune 500 fortune 500 is that basically just means the top 500 companies in the world. At this point, do you even think fortune 500 means fortune magazine? <laughs> no, right. Sometimes it does over overtake the brand. Like Michelin, Michelin star means more to me than Michelin tires. Do you, when you think, have you ever shopped at a Macy's? <laughs> of course, I've, I've shopped at a Macy's before. Yeah. Have you been at a Macy's in twenty years? <laughs> Not ten. Yeah, ten years probably cut off. So a lot of so there's one. I think a lot of times people do this. I always work with like creative people and. Maybe I'm just sometimes a pessimist around this stuff. A lot of times they get, give me these ideas and I'm like, this is just fucking stupid. And I don't think this is going to increase sales. I'm just trying to survive at the moment. And, and it doesn't I, work I, a lot I, of times. I now, agree. It's not for when you're in survival mode, which is where well, I spent most of my career in startups is like, you're, you're not in survival mode or you're in survival mode. If you don't turn, if you don't make this work, it's going to just die. So you don't have time to plan a parade with a music festival and like all this stuff. This, it wouldn't make any sense. And Even here's the other that, reason why this isn't scaling, a good idea though. Well, here's, this isn't a good idea a lot of times because most companies, they're just fucking lame. Like imagine like, um, I'm trying to think like, just like this window blind company, Hunter Douglas, like they're going to have like what a blind fest. Like, I don't know. I mean, I get, I think there's some cool shit. Like, you know, blend tech, the blender. Have you heard of blend tech? 
the blender and they had will it blend that was awesome i right. loved will it blend you remember that youtube sta- channel yeah yeah of course Th- i love will it blend but a lot of stuff is just lame and i don't want to celebrate it now a few boring things that i think could work is um uh what's that vacuum company everyone loves dyson dyson yeah dude i'm i'm about to i'm like been staying up at night wondering if i'm gonna buy one of these 700 vacuums <laughs> have you ever used one of them <laughs> the handheld one it's yeah, like it's like a little wall. Amazing one. Yeah, I have it's that one. Amazing. It's amazing. Everyone, you you have one? Did you pay seven hundred bucks for it? Feels so satisfying, dude. I feel like I get seven hundred bucks of value every time I I use it. So like Dyson has like is like boring and and I dig. I would do that. Um, I can't. I have to think of like what else is like boring dude, and awesome. But, but dude, any any company could do this. All you have to do is attach your boring name to awesomeness. And it does work. It does work to an extent. Now it's not going to turn a bad company into a good company. But it does take a boring company and make them slightly less boring. It makes them more relevant. And in general, I just feel like those same dollars just go further. So, like, I see so many dumb billboards or um, just, like, useless events or useless, like, ads, um, you know, on the all over the Internet. And I just sort of think, man, you know, for, like, $200,000, you can throw, like, a whole music festival. You can, you, can, you can do, like, some amazing things with $200,000, and that's what they'll spend. Yeah, on. but I don't want to go to, like... Florox or Clorox bleach and Imagine Dragons. Like I just don't give a shit. <laughs> you, you know I what know, I mean? Dude, you might. <laughs> Did you want to go to a tire like, restaurants reviewed uh, a tire a tire company restaurant review reviews? No, you you didn't. Think maybe, you would, but, but you like do. when I think of like like Clorox and like the Killers, like I don't think <laughs> like I'm gonna buy more bleach. Dude, Mr. Brightside. Although maybe, perfect. maybe I don't. Oh, that's a good point. Walk right into that one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if if it could work. Maybe. Um, but I think and I also think a lot of those things, I don't think they're as successful often. Like whenever I was thinking of like Fortune 500 or Michelin, I'm like, I don't fucking that don't associate that with the magazine. The magazine's still going to go bankrupt anytime. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Like, I think the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show is a good example also of like going overboard on these kind of events and like just put your you're not directly trying to sell your thing. You're creating a spectacle you're attracting the type of people you want like for example we have an ad budget for this podcast where they're like dude hubspot is great they're generous they're like you guys are in our our hubspot podcast network we want to help you grow so they gave us a little bit of a little bit of, of cash a lot to of money this thing. and i can't think of a thing to do with it exactly because and what, what's the plan right now the plan is to go spend a shit ton of it on spotify ads right and that might work and uh, and other podcasts and other podcast platforms. And that might work. I don't know. We'll see. I well, might guess it's going to work very poorly. So I'm saying with that same amount of money, can I say how much money or no? Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars a quarter. Okay. So hundreds of thousands of dollars. Maybe, maybe we could say like uh, in the range of a million dollars a year. Right. So I don't know. Like, let's take our audience. Our audience is kind of this hustler type mindset. Our, our audience is this person who likes to, they like investing. They like building shit. They want to make money. Um, they, they like hearing about billion dollars companies and billionaires and things like that. Like, what could we do that would just get, I don't know, like if, if we got 50,000 people to pay attention to something, I think that would be a huge win. Right. So what would be a either an event or a stunt or something that's of service to people, the equivalent of what Red Bull did. Right. Like Red Bull is like, dude, we're we're an energy drink. We're all about sort of like, you know, this is kind of badass lifestyle. All right, we're going to put a guy in a wingsuit. We're going to take a guy yeah, like what, what can we off, do, though? The moon. Well, this is I've like lost an sleep idea, thinking about ideas. this. I don't know. Like, we, I just Name feel like one. there's. Um, OK, let me think of one. 
I think that we could do, um, what are people who are in startups? What are people who are into building businesses? What are they, what are they super into that? That's Dude, it's fun so, it, I've gone through this mental exercise and I'm, it's, it can get I, gotta, done. Okay, we'll I, have, it I have a it's dumb, simple hard one. for me. I have a dumb, simple one. I remember these people set up a, um, a headshots, uh, by the way, your computer screen is like covering your face or something. Oh, there you go. Um, I remember this, uh, uh, like a fitness company did this. They they parked their van outside of the uh, Salesforce tower and everybody who's coming in, they're like, do you want to get your body scanned real quick or do like this BMI test to do this test? I'll oh, tell yeah, you body about Loved it. They just hired, hired two people to stand outside the fucking like tower and they just got a bunch of people in and they like while they were there, they got said, what is this all about? Who's doing this? Why do I get this free thing? And uh, they got to learn about their learn about their body while then being so upsold into like signing up for these scans and personal training and a gym membership after that. And um, I saw somebody else do this with headshots. They're like, you know what? Like your picture online just like looks like shit. Sean, but we what do are we going to do? What's that? So what do you want to so, do for us? Yeah, so I'm saying we could come up with something where let's say we had I don't know if you've ever seen those like three three sixty degree cameras. Uh, you can yeah. rent these things for like a thousand dollars. We could have a pop up in a city in 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 New York, and all you got to do is if you show that you're subscribed to the pod, you can get a free epic headshot done for you, and we just pop them up you know near downtown where a bunch of people live, and that thing would cost us you know I don't know three grand total for the day, but might have like. A thousand people have like a unique experience or two thousand people have a unique experience. Or maybe we could have like a blimp going over, you know, going over Miami and the blimp is going to, you know, airdrop, you know, some like cash or the blimp is going to display some QR code or something like that. And there's a giveaway inside. I don't know, like some kind of million dollar bills. Yeah, some kind of stunt or whatever. Like, let's say um, something that's like on. I hear you. I'm on board. I've just been going through this and I'm like, what is worth pulling off like these are bad ideas i gotta admit the ideas i had just now are bad ideas but i feel like if i brainstorm for an hour which i'm gonna do i feel like we can come up with a great idea and it's a better use than than the ads i'll do the same i think i think it requires both to be honest and i'll do the same i think and this is like a good example of whenever i talk to people and they're like well i'll start this company once i get funding i'm like if you had the money you wouldn't even know what to do trust me the money's not the issue (laughs) Right. <laughs> and that's how I feel right now. I'm it's, like, yes, the marketing budget the is not the issue. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we got the money. We got the people. I just don't know. So, like, so I had you, this, which I is kind of fucked up. Ramit, Ramit talks to people about this all the time. He's like, once you're rich, what are you going to do? And yeah. people actually struggle with this all the time. Right. I struggle with it. I had this uh, phrase I used to say at our startup, which is uh, you can always run out of money, but you can never declare creative bankruptcy. And that was, that was always my rule was like, I cannot have a conversation with somebody who says, ah, I, I can't think of an idea. I don't know what else we could do. It's like you've declared creative bankruptcy and like now you must go out that door and never return again. And, and, Did and you that was see just my rule. So even if I don't have an idea, outside, I don't declare bankruptcy. Those guys at Outside Magazine asked us if we wanted to do the adventure. I don't think you replied yet, by the way. Not yet. I yeah. sent you. Did you see it? I saw okay. It. I and they're like, well, what else? They're like, what else do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I, I, I have no <laughs> idea. I, I. I feel like such a punk. I can't think when like, they're like, well, we can go anywhere as long as you're there and back in three days. I can't right. think of a thing. It's fucked yeah. up. Like, maybe I don't know. I'm okay. just a loser. Who, who does our audience look up to Warren Buffett? Like he auctions off his like lunch thing every year for like a hundred grand or whatever. It's like, dude, some, That's it. One, there's no one, way it's only a hundred grand. I think it is. Not, it might even be less, but like, I know uh, like Andrew Wilkinson did his, I think it was like, it was like, 
I don't know, two grand or something to get lunch with him. You know how many people would want to do that? Like we could just host these, we could get people to like come and be able to hang out, have a, have a lunch with Chamath or something like that. We could do a giveaway that is we spend the money here, but then we dangle that in front of people in order to get them interested and excited about what we're doing. Now, those are kind of disconnected to what we're doing, but I refuse to declare a creative bankruptcy is my, my answer. We just got to think about it because this it's been bothering me as well, where I'm like, what what should we do? Because if you're, I, if you're I, listening to this, imagine this. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars of budget and we would we want a whole bunch more people to uh, subscribe to the podcast and just get down with the mission, like realize that there's a cool podcast out there that they might like. The reason you like it, there's a whole bunch of other people that would like it for that same exact reason. They just don't listen to it yet. They never heard it. They don't know that they should try it. And so how would you turn hundreds of thousands of dollars into hundreds of thousands of subscribers is the question. And um, and so, you know, if you have ideas, obviously my ideas kind of suck. Sam's refusing to have an idea right now. So we need we need ideas. Uh, Ben, what do you think we should do? Uh, This is like the teacher calls on you in the worst possible. No, no, no. no. This is good because I was actually talking about this this morning with uh, Darren and Jonathan, but um, it's hard, well, right? Well, it's so hard. Here's, here's one idea that we had was we had this uh, TikTok go not viral, but it did well on TikTok. Do you see that, Sean? No. What, what was it? It was a Rob Dyrdek thing. Um, uh, what's his name? Jacob like texted me on Saturday night and he was like, "Hey, I made this and posted it on TikTok. Got like a hundred thousand views." Yeah, nice. which is like good. So what we were saying is, what if we just put up ten or twenty thousand dollars and just said. Hey, we're going to put out the video files from my first million. Anyone can access the raw video files. And uh, if you want to make content for us, great. And at the end of the month, we'll give ten or $20,000 to whoever gets the most views on TikTok or Instagram Reels. Like a 99 Designs contest? That's not a bad idea. That's actually a really good idea. 20 grand to... And in order to be submitted to the contest, you have to... Um, you have to post it on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. And uh, that's a great idea, actually. So a consistent 20 grand a month contest for the best clip. Yeah. You can produce it. I you can just put it idea. out there because you have a big audience. But like, whatever. Yeah. Do whatever you want. That's actually brilliant, right? I, don't, I, seen, I think that's the greatest idea yet. <laughs> right? Right, Sean? He almost went greatest idea ever. He threw yet in there <laughs> just to save himself. I was so close. Yeah, let's do that. All right, I'm going to publicly brainstorm the ideas on Twitter. That's how that's how we're going to do this. No, I'm gonna yeah, add that one to it, though. I'm going to create a thread. I'm going to add these ideas to it, and then I'm just going to continue until we have a winning idea. It's just, it's a rolling $20,000, and every single month, one person gets $20,000, and the criteria is the people who are posting the best, most interesting, most viewed MFM video content. My other idea is, I, I guess I'm just into contests, but it's like, Hey, if you want to join this contest, show up to downtown, um, preferably somewhere where not a lot of people are from. So like St. Louis, Cleveland, Austin, whatever. And uh, Austin, actually, Austin's a bad idea. But um, okay, we're going to give you a category. So it might be food. It might be exercise and fitness. But you you have 24 hours and whoever can make the most money wins this contest and we'll give you an extra $20,000. So essentially an entrepreneurship contest. I got a better idea. Fuck your idea. Here's a better idea. <laughs> All right. Here's a great idea. Okay. So, uh, Sam, how much does it cost to um, to sponsor like an open bar at a bar, uh, like set up a bar? Let's, actually, let's say 
let's do this. There's, we pick 10 cities around the country and we say, Hey, in these 10 cities, if you're one of us, there is a place where you can go and you can hang out with other people who are like that, like, like us at the ball, uh, uh, like, you know, like yeah, our you have heard. You could, we, you can, we you basically could, say, you Hey, we're going to a lot of drink for three grand. Yeah, exactly. We're going to put up $1,500 and we're going to do this in 10 cities and we're going to do this every Friday for the next, uh, you know, let's call it three months or whatever. It's like, you know, the winter, the winter fest. And we say, great, we're going to do that. Uh, so we're going to do that 12 times. That's 180 grand. But basically you've created a um, and all you have to do to get to redeem your free drink uh, to redeem a drink is you just got to show your subscriber to the pod show a bartender. Boom, you get it. We just called it. We get we have cool bars. So like whatever's like your favorite bar in Austin, your favorite bar in New York, your favorite bar in San Francisco, whatever. And we just make that our little watering hole and people who are into our shit can go and hang out there. And it's not that it's like the biggest mass idea, but the spark that would come from a bunch of people, a bunch of our fans getting to know each other, hanging out, having drinks, bringing their friends. I think a lot of good would come of that. A lot of goodwill would come. I don't of that. think and that's, that's bad. not that expensive. I, I think that's worth doing. I would say that the uh, video bounty is to me the most interesting. I think that's like wildly interesting. Yeah, bars, that, that's not a bad idea. I've done that for years and years on all types of stuff. It worked really well for product hunt. It worked well for us. It, yeah, it works. What, what have you done in that? Um, well, like for the hustle, we've done meetups forever. And then when I started my roommate business, we had meetups every single week for like two years. And so it was basically anyone who's ever looking for a roommate you come that day and we'll have a party with like 150 people who are also looking for housing. Right. And in order to come, you got to download our app. And um, another one that does this, by the way, it's, it's like, it's like physically hard. I remember yes. being like, ex- I was like exhausted all the time. Yeah, for sure. I remember um, this agency reached out and they had emailed us before being like, Hey, we're a creative ad agency. It's like, uh, yep. Into the, into the trash pile. Like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't, this is just some outbound sales thing, whatever. I don't care. And one reached out and they go, they, they sent, um, they sent a package with invites. Uh, like they sent us like a physical mail to our office. It was a bunch of flyers inside cheap flyers, you know, just flyers, whatever they said, Hey, uh, these are, these are ticket entries. So this gets you entry to this party tonight. Um, as well as a free drink. Um, we rented out butter, this bar in San Francisco, that's like pretty famous. And, um, and they go, we're having a meme battle tonight. It's like a rap battle, but for memes. And we we're like, what? And basically, um, they got like they, and then they would email the office manager and they say, hey, did you get our package? We sent over a bunch of invites. Make sure that people know uh, that's for you guys. You guys can come and get you know free drink, and it's great. You know, send five or six people to have a great time and happy hour today. And so they all they did was an email and a flyer. And they sent that, and then I went there, and it's basically like they had rented out the bar. It was a Tuesday night, so like the bar was like, yeah, sure, you know, it's all yours. Go ahead. Um, and they basically had a projector on the screen and they had a guy dressed up as a cat and a person dressed up as a dog. And um, and they would go. It was the, the battle was it was a five round battle. And basically one would show a funny video clip like a TikTok length thing. And then the other person would show it. And then the crowd had like oh, that's little, awesome. little handles that's where great. they could vote for the dog or the cat. Like whose was whose was funnier. And it would it would go five rounds and then the winner would win at the end. And it was, that was it. It was it's just silly. And then the whole shtick was the guy would come on at the end. He'd be like, hey. By the way, that one, that third one, that was actually a viral video we made. We're Rubber Republic. We make amazing viral videos. Um, eight out of 10 videos we do get over a million views. Like, we're good at this shit. That's We've done great. it for these companies. Uh, enjoy yourselves tonight. And if any of you guys ever want to have a video go viral, come find me or the guy dressed up as the cat. 
and I was like, and we worked with them. We did a video with them. It got over a million views, and it was all was that the one where you talked about drawing page. dicks all over Bebo? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was great. So they made that video for us. And so we um, and so they were so good. And I was like, oh, this little sales funnel they did was actually genius. Um, and, That's pretty good. And, you know, because one client to them is worth tens of thousands of dollars. So, you know, renting out this bar and inviting people from these 20 companies and just hoping one of them ends up with you as a, as a client is a, is a great way to go. All right, well, let's do it. Ben. Let's let's can we please make one of them happen? All right, let's roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, get, you, you tell me money right. back but yeah, yeah we'll work on that. you're fired uh... <laughs> yeah down let's do it <laughs> all right let's uh